We are back and better than ever. It is time for On the Outside. Marcus Taylor, Carrie Vanderwood. Dear listener, did you miss us? Vanders, did you miss me? I did miss you, Tails. It really proved to me that we have no sort of personal friendship. It is purely <laughs> business because we did not talk at all over our break, but we are back now. Yeah, and as you say, new and improved. On the outside has some exciting news mm. and you will be hearing that news via possibly Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Have you, are you telling me we've signed an agreement? So in our little hiatus, you've gone and done the work, you've made all the calls. We are officially, well, not, maybe not partners, but certainly working with Spotify and Apple Podcasts from now on. So since you've been uh, you've been relaxing on holiday, I've been working hard, New York, mm-hmm. London, around the globe, getting us signed on with Spotify and Apple, and uh, and I can happily say that we are now partners with those two organisations, and you can find us and listen to on the outside on Apple and Spotify. Well done! It's only taken what six months, and we're there. So uh, six months well spent. Yeah, exactly right, Banders, and congratulations to you. I. Uh... I do realise that you uh, have put in the work and that you've worked incredibly hard on this for not just my benefit and not just your own benefit, but more importantly, the benefit of our uh, our listeners and our new listeners who will no doubt be uh, tuning in once we pop up on their feeds. So uh, congratulations to you for the work you've done. Congratulations to you, Tyson. Congratulations to the listeners getting <laughs> the opportunity to uh, to find on the outside a little bit easier than, the, than having to hunt it down through Previous means. Tails, we are back. We are feeling fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, uh, it's coming into cricket season. It's already cricket season, you could say. And that's probably where we do our best work. Yeah. Don't want to pigeonhole us, but mm-hmm. uh, certainly passions. So a lot to get through this episode, setting us up over the next few months. And of course, with the ashes coming up. I do want to start off the cricket, though, before we get too stuck into it, because we do get carried away. Yes. Tails. You are a, a man that knows a little bit about AFL and how it works uh, in the background. Sure. What is going on with Gold Coast Suns and Hugh Greenwood? Oh, look, this, is, this has been a fantastic little story. So what happened was he, the Gold Coast Suns have to draft a certain amount of, of players every year, and they didn't have enough spots to draft these players. So what they did was to list a couple of players, one of them being Hugh Greenwood, and said to them, yeah, 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 don't worry, we're going to redraft you, everything's going to be fine, we're just doing this, it's just a bit of list shenanigans, it's all cool. And of course everyone blows up about it, gets all excited. And then Hugh Greenwood even tweeted, uh, you know, this is a non-story, it's just, it's a thing, I'm 100% committed to the Gold Coast, that's awesome. Fast forward a few days, North Melbourne got on the phone and said, hello, hey Hugh, would you like to come back to Melbourne, would you like to come to Melbourne and play for us? And he said, yeah, you know what? I'm totally on board with that. And he had to go back then afterwards and tweet, well, that didn't age well. It did not end well, this one, for the Gold Coast Suns, but it ended really well for North Melbourne and for Hugh Greenwood as well. Tails, just just running back a little bit, how does it – can you explain to me the theory behind delisting players and then picking them back up, picking them back up in the rookie draft? Is Is that what they're looking to do? Yeah, essentially, like the, it happens a lot. But basically, you know, you can do things like um, flatten out their deals so you don't have to pay them as much money or don't have to pay over a certain amount of time. But it's also the AFL rules say you have to essentially draft a certain amount of players every year. So the Gold Coast Suns didn't have enough lift spots to actually go and do that. So then they had to get rid of a few players. So I, 
I feel like it's 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 one of those things that like every club does it every year. Nobody ever makes the call, and this time North Melbourne made the call. But with clubs doing it every year, they don't do it to their best place. I mean, Hugh Green was ranked, I think, eighteenth in the AFL as a player. So is he in their, is he in their best players? I think he's I think he's eighteenth. I'd say Hugh Greenwood. He definitely plays with what they need at the Gold Coast. A bit of ferociousness, tenacity. He's a top tackler in the AFL, and it just seems like everyone has been piling on the Gold Coast and saying, "How do you how do you let that happen? That is embarrassing, humiliating." Um, and Stuart Jew must be pretty uh, pretty angry and frustrated at his club. I don't know if he has any part in that decision at all, but wow, what a, it's a bit of a, uh, a stitch-up for a club that doesn't really have that much support. I feel like Hugh, uh, was it, is it Mark Evans, I think, the CEO up there, uh, put in a statement something like, the outcome wasn't ideal or something like that. No shit, it wasn't ideal. He lost a really good player. But I think you obviously rate Greenwood. I'm not as huge on him. I think people are in like people are enjoying this for North Melbourne because they've tried for so long to get a big fish. Like the biggest fish they've got in the last ten years was Jared Polek, and now they've actually gone and had a little win in this list movement space. But I actually don't think he's going to be that good for him anyway. So I, I think it's more about the fact they did the move rather than the player they got, and people seem to be getting confused between the two of them. Well, yeah, I mean, North Melbourne finally getting anyone that they want is is a massive win for them. Let alone, uh, you know, Hugh. I mean, Hugh is, he's not a, he's not a huge name. He's not Dusty oh, Dusty he? Martin, but yeah, he's a reasonable he's name and, and definitely could add something yeah. to the footy club. But I think he's on a two year contract now with North, with an option for a, a year extension if he triggers a game clause. So, pretty good pickup for him, and obviously an op- uh, sorry, three years is an extra. No, extra so I was just going to say he only needs to play. This is this is probably why he went to North. Is that he only has to play five games in that second year? So if he yeah. has five games, sweet. Yeah, right. So if yeah, if he plays in that second year, he gets that third year extension. So you can see why he took it. Uh, and his quote was twenty four hours can be a long time in forty. So that's uh, it's an interesting one, and we'll see if it sets a precedent for uh, clubs in the AFL moving forward, Tails. I hope so. I hope more clubs are more aggressive when it comes to these things going forward. Vanders, early start for us both Monday morning, I'm sure. I'm definitely sure an early start for us both. Australia somehow has won the men's T20 tournament. What happened, Vanders? Well, I don't really know, to be honest, Tails. I mean, their T20 form has been horrific, almost embarrassing, I would say. Um, Nothing was working for them. You know, they got a couple of wins and then got belted by England. And then all of a sudden, um, had a big win over... I can't remember who it was just in the last group stage. It might have been Bangladesh. Yes, did thrash Bangladesh, absolutely. Yeah, and then yeah. got that run rate up and managed to just get into the sneak into the semi on uh, on run rate and then beat Pakistan and then beat New Zealand. So, I mean, pretty outrageous from where they came from. You would not have uh, put money on them and almost felt sorry for New Zealand just having lost. I think they've lost three out of the last four limited overs uh, World, World Cup. So... Bit of momentum. I don't understand how they did this. I have absolutely no how. I have no idea how they did this because they're not like Australia doesn't have a reputation. Uh, the men's team doesn't have a reputation of being a good T20 team. And like T20 is all about like 
analytics and power players, right? Neither of which Australia really has. We don't have like those real power players. We don't have Andre Russell or we don't have Butlers and Bearstows, those sort of guys. So we didn't have either of those things. We just had like really good cricketers. And it feels like it feels like it's, it's it's one of those things that like flies in the face of modern like analytics and sport that it, you just put your best team out in the park, let them work it out, and that's kind of what happened. Well, yeah, I mean David Warner was barely getting picked for his got dropped from his IPL side, and then player of the tournament. No one would have seen that coming. Um, you know, Adam Zampa was uh, arguably player of the tournament as well with his with his leg spin. You know, we we know that. In T20, they, they sort of rate bowlers over over batting. If you can get a good bowler, they're, they're sort of hard to come by. So, you know, that Hazelwood, Stark got absolutely taken for a bath in the final. Went for 15 and over. Yeah. Off his four overs. Went for 60 runs and they uh, and they still got up. Obviously, incredible innings by Kane Williamson. Very, uh, mm. you know, great great innings in a losing team. But, um, yeah, it was a big surprise. Uh, and I think what uh, what surprised me, Tails, and it makes sense, and I'm not complaining about it, but I didn't think about it until the Aussies won, was the, the celebrations and the carry-on. And I realised, I was like, oh, it's just the T20 World Cup. Like, yeah. who really... Maybe it's because we haven't won one, or I'm not a... You know, T20's not necessarily my format, but I was just surprised that they were treating it like a World Cup win when it was like, it's just a T20 World Cup. So I think that shows where cricket's, cricket's now come to and uh, and... and you know how highly T20 is thought of, so I think it'll do a lot for uh, for T20 in in Hobart uh, and uh, sorry in Australia. So it'll be uh, interesting to see what happens. Do you know there's like in the next ten years in med cr- men's cricket or something? There's like seven or eight like World Cups in the next ten years, isn't it? But I think we've got one of them. I don't know which one we've got. We've got like the we've got the 2020 World Cup next year, and then in like 2028, us and New Zealand are sharing something. I'm not. I think it might be another. T20 World Cup, but it's just really weird. There's just just tons of tournaments all the time. It's brilliant. Just so, just quickly before we move on, are you are you full of love and support for Mitch Marsh now? I I mean you'll scoff, but I never oh, really shit. had any. I didn't have any positive. I didn't have any negative feelings. I didn't have any negative feelings oh. towards him. I think being an all-rounder in Australia is fraught with danger. Everyone hates you. Shane Watson was one of the most successful bloody all-rounding. He was only just just underneath um, Jacques Callis as far as an all-rounder, and geez, we loathed him. So, no, I did feel sorry for uh, for Mitch Marsh. What about yourself? No. Nah. See, I'm I'm too bitter about this. I'm too... I. We were never any good at T20 cricket. Mitch Marsh, for all... You know, for a great dude, I'm sure he is was not good enough for international cricket. And now I've been wrong on both counts. And I'm too bitter and I'm too small a person to let go. So, nah, don't pick him for the test team. He's not, he shouldn't be in the test team. Don't pick him. Uh, and, you know, he had a great tournament. Good luck to him. But don't expect it to happen again. Well, it's a great segue, Tails, because we're going to be talking test cricket ashes coming up after this message from our sponsors. Hey Banders, we're coming up to Christmas and I know what you're thinking, it's always difficult to get Christmas gifts, it's always so hard. I've found the perfect gift. You want to know what it is? I do, Tails. I do. I can't imagine what it is. Get it, baby. See there's only 50 left? Can you believe that? Only 50 left. 
I can't believe there's that many left tails. Straight bat single malt. Only 50 remaining. Great Christmas present uh, for the summer. It's a summer beverage, so get around it. They're a valued sponsor of the show, and uh, you can get that at straightbat.com. Tails, it's nearly time for Christmas, and not in the traditional sense of Christmas, but I mean Christmas because it is the ashes coming oh, up. It's a home ashes. Cricket Christmas. Cricket Christmas. Australia are the favourites going into the tournament, into the series. Um, there was a bit of doubt after England beat us in the uh, T20 World Cup, but considering Australia end up being champions there, I think they would have taken that momentum back off the English. So... Uh, there's a lot of stories already happening. Um, you know, Stokes has come despite his injuries and mental health concerns. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be in Australia's middle order? Who's going to be Australia's all-rounder? Has Mitch Marsh snuck back in? Before we get into that, though, Tails, and obviously we'll be diving into it as we uh, continue on towards Enduring the Ashes, just general thoughts. What's uh, How are you feeling about the Ashes this year? Oh, struggling to get excited about it. I'll be honest, Fanders. Yeah, a little bit, little bit struggling. Ooh. For a couple of weeks. Even after that, even after that intro, even after that intro, that's that's probably the wow. most excited I've been about the Ashes the okay. entire time. Glad we're on camera for that, but yeah, I, I just, I, I, you know what it is? I feel like I'm not scared of the English. Like you know, you know, in the past, there's a little bit of like, there's you, there's always that unknown. And you think, well, maybe if they do us here, and you know, blah blah blah. But I, there's just nobody there that scares me. I'm not worried. Like we're gonna win. Maybe that's why I don't know. How do you feel? Mm. About well, look, I'm generally more of a warrior than you. I would say, like, not like a like not. You're a far more positive like a, person. Though, I would not a fighter. I'm more positive, yeah. but I get more anxious. Right. Okay. So I, uh, I would say, I'm, yeah, a little bit. You know, worried. Stokes can give root can have a good series, and he has been in form. And Stokes, he can give anything. In the past, these Ashes series have been decided by someone posting two fifty. Yeah. You know, so, so I think if Smith and Labuschagne aren't on, then it's anyone's game. And because the scores will be so low, it's likely to be not too many draws, um, especially with, with the MCG looking like it's got a little bit of life in it, um, which is sounds like it could be a nice change with those shield games on it uh, so far this season. So, look, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I hope we pump them. Um, I have a personal hatred for Rory Burns. Not sure why. Mm-hmm. Just don't like how he looks. A lot of Hutchins school about him, which is a very oh, niche observation. Oh, me, but, yeah. yeah. Okay. That is niche mm-hmm. for the listeners. Um but yeah, look, so I'm looking forward to uh, giving them a pumping. I think it'll be even. I wanted to touch on, so the squad was released today, Taylor. Mm-hmm. I won't go through the whole squad because there's, there's a few people that won't, that won't play. And it seems like to me, the uh, the key spots are going to be in the middle order. Yeah. One will be sort of uh, Travis Head versus Mkwaja mm-hmm. for that number five spot. Uh, and then it'll be the all-rounder spot. It'll be Green versus Mitch Marsh. Um, I think they'll bat above Tim Payne as well. Um, in that position. So who's your favourite for those two or, or tips? Uh, well, I feel like it was George Bailey came out earlier in the week and, and didn't it's, – it's been misreported. He didn't say Marcus Harris was a lock. But he did say, look, it's, it's probably very likely that it's going to be Marcus Harris. But you're right. It's it's essentially two of two of Head, Kawaja and Harris play, don't they? Yes. Yeah. 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 So I think, I think because – 
Sorry, just on that there. I mean, who else would be at the top of the order despite uh, other than Harris? Maddinson, who's also in the squad. Well, I actually think I thought they would go for Maddinson uh, purely on the basis that they've, they've always liked him. Do you know what I mean? He's always one of those players they've always liked. It. And he was on the fringe, I think, a couple of years ago and, and had to take some time out of the game. Um, so I thought mm-hmm. I thought they might go for him purely for that reason. Um, but, but I, I well, feel like well, they're, they're sort of going for that. Once they pick a team, I feel like they're going to back Harris in. They, they're going to give him minimum three, probably four tests and just let him go and let him try. And I'm not a big fan of Harris. I think he's just a guy. I think he's a dude, and I think he's he's probably just you know he's probably going to score two hundred runs at thirty. Is that a failure? Probably not. We got through the last Ashes with Bancroft doing that, so. No, I think I think you're probably right there. We won't dwell on positions too long because there'll be more speculation yeah. in, up, in upcoming pods and more to chat about. But I think Madison probably has him on just pure talent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but if if and if Madison um, can can you know, sort of, I think if they could give him a chance, then it'd be a great show. But Harris probably deserves a chance. Um, at this stage, I would say it's strange language to use. I know, yeah. and we use strange, especially after saying Madison. But I think Harris has—he's been on a few tours now. He's grinded, and he's been in some decent form, and probably gets out of fairness first first shot. I am a little bit nervous about the two left-handers against Broad and Anderson at the top of the order. But we will uh, we will investigate that another day. I'm going with. I think they're going to pick Quaja. Yeah. In the middle well, order, just because head got head got dropped last summer. And I just think that they're going to give him Quasar another go. He's been in good form, as is Head, actually. Yeah. But I think they'll be happy knowing they've got both of those options that are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have no idea over Green and Marsh. I feel like they'll want to stick with okay. Green, yeah, because be he's young yeah. and he hasn't done it, hasn't made any mistakes. Um, but you know, I know we've got you know George Bailey in charge now, but selectors sometimes do stuff that seems out of the ordinary. I think they so would have, that's they, that's my tip. They would have picked Marsh if they were worried about the bowling to, uh, the bowlers. And I was just going to ask you about that actually because, like, we're we're just assuming same again. Just Starkey, yeah, Cummins line. All right, thanks. That's fine. Like same again. Like we forget they were actually pretty well. They weren't bad, but they couldn't roll India twice when they needed to. In, yeah, um, it looks in Brisbane last summer. So, I, I think that might be the only thing that get Marshes in is that he's a better bowler than than Ken. Yeah, I mean the only the only one there for question is probably Starkey. Yeah, uh, and the problem with the tough thing with Mitchell Starkey is he's a luxury player. Yeah. So if you've got a ripper bowling attack that's playing very very well, is that beautiful left arm gives you something a little bit different to the other bowlers, mm. um, and can take wickets quickly, cleans the tail up. Like you know, Mitch Johnson style, but so he's great if you can afford to have him in your team. If your other four bowlers are going really well, but if you need Starkey to step up and bowl longer spells, yeah, um, and really do some grind work, then that's when he becomes not such a good bowler. So he's a really hard one to pick, Tails, because he's either brilliant or not good, and it depends on your other bowlers purely, not him individually as a bowler. So that's that's he's quite a strange case. You're right. It, do, do any of the others floating around, so the Neezers and the, the Steckities and all those guys, do any of those excite you at all or not? I feel like oh, Neezers a pink ball test, but that's about it. Yeah. I mean, and Richardson, they're probably yeah, thrown back true. into the squad yeah. to, I mean, he's a pace option. Yeah. Um, but I think as well just to get him, it sounds strange, but get him back in the program. He's been bowling well, give him a bit of reward and some time around the other bowlers as a, as a possible uh, sort of option in a few years down the track. So, yeah, I think Nice is probably you know a good option in a, in a pink ball test, but they're all very good bowlers. Yeah. So I don't think we're up 
you know, in any sort of trouble if we get an injury. Mm. I mean, a very hard to replace. And I think Cummins and, I think we'll, Cummins and yes, Hazelwood. We will definitely see rotation this summer. There is no way after last summer they're going to pick the same dudes week in, week out. There will definitely be a change in that in that bowling uh, quartet this summer, I reckon, Vanders. Well, Taz, it's an exciting time because we're going to keep uh, coming into more of these uh, discussions as close as we get to the Ashes. We may even pick something to go deeper on uh, every week, you know, whether that's the middle order or mm. or uh, or everything else. Taz, just one last thing before we move on from the Ashes. I don't want it long. I just want a little quick one from you. Is is Hobart any chance of hosting that Perth test, getting relocated? Yes, better than people think. Okay, well, now I need you to go into a little... Do you have any evidence think, or detail? Or... I think the backlash actually matters. I think the backlash to what's happened, to the fact that families can't go to WA, yet the cricketers are allowed in, they're allowed to train in the bubbles and all that sort of stuff, I think that matters now. I don't think it matters... During the when it it didn't matter during the AFL season, I think that matters now. And while they won't get as much money in Tasmania, I think they're a, they're a better chance than than people tend to think. Uh, Melbourne's probably a better chance than Tasmania, but yeah, okay, you think Melbourne's a better chance for hosting too? Yeah. Okay, sure. Well, Tails, I'm very excited to keep talking Ashes with you. So uh, we'll we'll chat about that over the coming weeks. Before we finish up uh, this jam-packed episode, I just wanted to touch on a, a good news story, I guess, or yeah. or something that I uh, that came across and um, and got you know pretty excited about. So, I'm not necessarily the most active basketball fan. I, I <laughs> have been to a quite I've been to some NBA games in the states, and I watched a little bit of it on with mates, but I don't you know it's not necessarily my number one sport. But I did go to one of the preseason Jack Jumper games. The Blitz. So you, the uh, the Tasmanian team uh, joining the NBA this year is very exciting. And, uh, yeah, in their preseason game, I saw their first ever win as a team. Now, whether it counts in a preseason or not, don't know. But that was the first first ever win they got. And I tell you what, Tails, I absolutely loved it. It was really, really, really well done. Yep, the Jack Jumpers, I just even came with the name. Everything just came together for me. And I was like, oh, I get it. There are so many kids there. Um, you know, the players were obviously... You know, they seemed pretty good. I don't know them that well, but it was uh, it was a great game. The crowd got behind them. It was a sellout crowd. I think that you know they gave quite a few tickets away and cheaply, but big crowd. Everyone got around it. So I think that and I don't want to get into too much here, but I think that the Hobart Hurricanes might be in a little bit of trouble Ooh. with because uh, it's easy, it's accessible, it's definitely cheaper than going to the cricket for a family. Um, it's easier to get to than, than Bell Reeve in in Tassie. So look, I think. That they're onto a, a wicket, and the key for the Jack Jumpers is going to be keeping fans after the first two years, because Tasmanians, as we know, don't always show up. That is so. Uh, but no, it was really exciting, and uh, and yeah, it was uh, exciting to see where it goes. I'll definitely be going back this season. Absolutely, Van. As I'm really interested to see, uh, to your point, whether or not um, they do hold that crowd, because what what you just you said there about um, about it being really accessible, which Tasmanians love. We don't like waiting for anything. We want to be able to essentially watch world-class sport and be home in five minutes. But I think what what, what you said there about the kids and, and that as well, I think that's really interesting. Did you? What was the viewing experience like? Was it 
Like, were you quite close, were you? Or yeah, so we were in um, just a spare empty corporate box oh, okay. that no, was radio. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> must be nice. Lost touch of the common man. Uh, no, no catering. Unfortunately, we just allowed us in there, but it wasn't courtside. Hmm. I mean, it was very close, yeah. but it was just back back a few rows as well. So it's sort of GAA on one side. Individual seats on the other side, sort of corporate, and then at either end, there's, there's seating as well. So, mm. but they seem to have done a great job. The stadium looks good, and um, looking for. I did actually get home by 10 p.m., which I thought was pretty good. Talking yeah. about getting home after yeah. you leaving, five minutes. And tails talking about getting home at 10 p.m. You'll be getting home very early with this new on the outside because it's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You don't have to go looking; it'll come to you. Exactly. Convenient. Convenient, which is what we love. About Alicia, the world. I think that was my sort of finishing line, but we do have to quickly do hot takes Ooh. before we go. I've got someone knocking on the studio door trying to get me out. But, uh, we've got a few more minutes left. Tails, do you have a hot take for us? A hot take? Oh, goodness me. Uh, what's happening this week? We do prepare these stringently. so <laughs> We'd never prepare I would them. expect you to have it on hand. We do expect you to have it on hand. Uh, what's happening? All right, Bandits, you gotta give me you gotta give me two seconds here. You gotta give me two seconds. Why don't you give me your hot take and then I'll come up with mine? All right, Tails. My hot take is about the Gold Coast Suns Ooh. and the fallout from the Hugh Greenwood incident. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have heard the last of this. I think there will be some fallout for uh, people at the Gold Coast Suns um, who who possibly were responsible for that. So I think the, the media as well as probably People at the club, no fans of the Gold Coast, obviously, so they won't be asking for blood, but I don't think it'll be the last we hear and there will be more of a fallout from that. I love that, Vanders. I do enjoy that. Although, admittedly, they, they don't move people on very quickly over in uh, over on the Gold Coast, do they? No. No, they, uh, well, no one's watching. Yeah, well, exactly right. Exactly right. Look, my hot take, Vanders, is going to be that... Josh Felipe, 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 whatever it is, mm. is going to turn up against Tasmania, and there are going to be calls for him to be, at the very least, selected in this practice match, if not the Australian squad. So he's going to the squad that's up. already been picked. Hey, the squad that's already been picked. Yes, he's going to be his t- turn up, and then there'll be calls to say, you know what? Why is Alex Carey there? Alex Carey's done nothing right. this season. Well, that's the OZA squad, though, hey? isn't it? That's the Australian A squad, Kerry's in. No, no, I'm saying what he's. There's going to be calls for him to be included in the squad. Okay, okay, he's but he won't be because obviously be... the squad's already been announced. Yes. All right, no, that's great. All right, well, some good hot takes for his tales. I just want to say thank you to you. I'm thrilled to be back. We are on Spotify now. We're on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to us anywhere. We'll be jumping on some other places where you can find your podcast as well soon. So please stay tuned. Listen to us next week. Subscribe. And we'll look forward to uh, bringing you all the sporting news and, uh, and seeing what the hell is going on. Tails, pleasure.